Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. I want to recap last week very briefly just in case you may have forgotten or you may not have been with us. Last week, we just simply spent all week talking about the the benefit but also the privilege of being able to prophesy. Prophesy, prophecy, two different things. We're studying end-time prophecy on Wednesday night. That's about things that are going to happening and are going to happen. But prophesying is simply declaring what God has said or what God is saying. And we've spent too much of our lives talking and speculating and and conversating about everything from our health to the condition of the world, the condition of the church, um, what our plans and our dreams and our desires are. We spent way too much time talking about everything instead of just speaking the Word of God. Now, I'm not like a lot of these. You've got to be careful because a lot of people will take this in a non-biblical, charismatic way that just says I can say anything and do anything regardless of what God has said or what uh, I'm choosing to devote my life to as far as walking with him and it's going to happen. And usually that kind of teaching has a price tag on it of sowing to get either a bottle of oil that came from Israel or a feather that come off of a dove that flew over someplace where somebody stood, and I mean, you can go, you can get threads that come off of a priestly rope, all kinds of things. And I'm telling you straight from the Bible, the Bible says if you have faith as the size of a grain of a mustard seed, the Lord said that's about as, as difficult as it is for God to move in your life and in your situation, and it may not be what you visualize. And and can I just say this quickly, that when you pray after God's heart, you are looking for God results in every situation of your life and not your results. That is not a crutch for not believing that God can say what he said can happen and will happen. It's not a crutch at all. It's just becoming one with the Lord and Christ living in you, and you wanting Christ to live out of you. Not I, but Christ, Galatians 2.20. So that's what we talked about last week. Not leaning to our own understanding, but in all our ways, in all our situations, in all our sicknesses, in all our relationship issues, in all our strife and contentions, in all our ways just simply acknowledging him and he will direct our path. So that's what we that's what that whole message was about. But I want to tell you everything about 
prophesying everything about faith, everything about your relationship with Jesus is simply described and, and encapsulated into one word, and it's just called believing, believing. There's a, an incident in the 8th chapter of Luke, a ruler of the synagogue, his name and everybody that's been in the faith for any time uh, at all, you've heard about Jairus or Jairus' daughter, and he knew that the situation was dire and Jesus wanted to teach him a lesson today about that day, about believing. He's teaching you and I that will listen and receive this today a life-changing for the rest of your life lesson about believing, but faith comes by hearing that's what believing is, and hearing by the word of God. So he was trying to tell this ruler of the synagogue that believing is not bound to your realm, your dimension, and your circumstances, or even the way the world or science says things are. Believing, when I talk about believing, the Lord is telling him, when I talk about believing, and I'm just trying to give you the definition without putting it on the screen today, just in a way where you can kind of understand it, Jesus was saying, when I talk about believing, believing uh, ignores. Everybody says, say ignores. Okay? Believing ignores every situation. Believing ignores. In fact, I almost wish I had have gotten you to say a little phrase. It doesn't even acknowledge. When you believe the way we're going to look at believing this morning, you refuse, you don't really even possess the capacity. People might argue with that statement, but that doesn't matter. You don't even possess the capacity to acknowledge even a dead child. And this is what Jesus was trying to teach Jairus. He was trying to tell him when Jesus heard that she was past being sick, that she was already dead, he answered him, and this is what he said. You know it so well that you, like I, just read and go over it, but you got to hear it today in here and not right here. Jesus just looked at him, and this is what he told the religious ruler, of the synagogue, he said, fear not. See, what happens is fear tries to way, tries to work its way in the middle of that phrase I just told you of not even acknowledging. That's what fear tries to do. It says, well, he or she or they are not even as much as acknowledging that situation because they believe God. But maybe I can wiggle my way in here and just sit here for a few minutes. That's what fear says. Has he ever wiggled his way into your life at all when you thought he couldn't? Well, he has mine. You don't have to raise your hand or even acknowledge it. I'm being plain Jane transparent today. He's done it to me numerous times after preaching 
and having a great, great, great time in the Lord. He's done it to Pastor Swells many times. His name's called Old Man Fear. And Jesus knew that, so Jesus told Jairus, he said, Fear not. Fear not. Believe only. He didn't say fast only. He didn't say give only. He didn't say memorize only. He didn't say serve only. He didn't say worship only. He said what, church? Believe only. Believe only. Believe only. But when he said believe only, he was saying you ignore what they've come and brought word back to us saying you refuse to acknowledge what is cold, hard facts that she's a corpse now. She's no longer your daughter full of life. You ignore that, believe only. That's a whole different dimension than what we live in, church. And I want you to know today, washing my hands in the restroom after eating a snack that I had to have before preaching, that the Lord just burdened me in my spirit and said, the church is not prepared for what I want to do today in this service. And it's all just wrapped up in believing. And Jesus said, Jairus, don't listen to them. Don't, when we walk up in the room, us and her mama and James and John, don't you even acknowledge the fact that she's already cold. Don't you do that before we get up there in that room. I want you to not fear, and I want you just to only believe. Ignore. Don't pay attention. Don't acknowledge. Don't entertain what is really obvious to everybody else. You see, if you want miracles, if you want promises, if you want to prophesy and see how big your God is when it comes to his word, you've got to live at a different belief level than everybody else that says, oh, yeah, I believe he can do it, but if he don't, you've got to live up there. It doesn't mean that you walk around and you ignore Things that God has told us to pay attention to or anything else. That you don't let go of obligations. And, uh, but what it says is the only thing I, I am committed to doing in this life is believing. Because I've already quoted Galatians 2.20 to you. Which says it's not I that lives anymore. It's only Jesus. Jesus never entertained fear. He was perfect love. Perfect love cast out fear. He got rid of fear. It tried. It tried when he was hungry after fasting 40 days. When he, in the devil's eyes, was weak and vulnerable. That's when fear came in and sat right down. But Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is said. It was the word. That's why I spent all last Sunday on prophesying. So, folks, I want you to know today that if you can get to a belief level that's up here and it's not a crowded highway like 26 was yesterday with tens of thousands of cars going to look at leaves, you will not 
even have any cars trying to pass you because you'll be on an open freeway pretty much alone in the world you live in. But you've got to ignore what you feel. You've got to ignore what you are told. You've got to ignore and you've got to understand the old unredeemed, unsaved Opie or self is no longer living. It's only the Jesus that believes and that's it is living inside of me. Does that mean people won't ever die? No. Does it mean I won't ever have to have surgery again? No. Does it ever mean that my bank account will be empty and my family will be whole and my children will do right? No, 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 no. But what it says it says that I don't let it call the shots anymore. It's the believing Jesus spirit inside of me that says whatever God wants to do, I believe, and Jesus said that. Only believe. Only believe. Let me tell you something about this story that the Holy Ghost is just giving me right now. That man had to believe in order to allow Jesus and those three disciples and his wife to walk up to a room where it was already confirmed that she was dead and walk in the middle of neighbors and family that were laughing when Jesus said, she's just asleep. See, that's where you live at. You live in a laughing family. You live in a laughing church. You live in a laughing world where everybody says, oh, no, uh-uh. That's what it is right there. <laughs> you believe he can do that? That's where you got to rise above that kind of carnal thinking. And you got to say, but I'm walking with Jesus right beside me. I don't take the pulse of the people around me before I decide, oh, she's almost healed, so I'm going to believe. You walk on in the room behind the man who is life and know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. So that's what happened. He walked into the room. He had no idea, probably, if she would live again, but he had a belief she would because Jesus told him to believe. So he walked up there, and you know what? There was, let me count, four, six of them, if I'm counting right, that walked in to that upstairs bedroom. But I'm here to report to you, there were seven of them that walked back down, and one of them was a dead little girl. And that's because... When you do what Jesus says to do, you can walk into a lifeless room with Jesus, but you can walk out of a lifeless room full of life with Jesus. You, uh, you can do that, but you've got to make sure that you are walking with Jesus and you only believe in what Jesus has said. You can't believe in what you see. You can't believe in how you feel. Now, there were several instances in the Bible and I'm just going to try to give them to you. Quick, not all of them, but a few. There was a father that he had a son that had a mute spirit. Now, I'm going to say something that possibly some, many, all could disagree and possibly get offended. It does not need to be said at all. I, said, I, I know I said not need. That somebody online today or, or later will get upset with what I'm about to say. 
But again, I'm reading from the Word of God. So, I'm past that. In the ninth chapter of the book of Mark, there was a man, and I, I, I really want to get through all of this, and God help me. There was a man that had a son that had a mute spirit. All right? And he said, let me tell you the story, and I'll read a couple of the scriptures, but let me get you to the point I, I, I want to start reading. Man came to him, and he said to Jesus, he said, I have a son who has a mute spirit. Mute. Mute button, can't hear. Mute, 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 mute. Mute spirit. Mute. What was the second word I said? Spirit. That's critical that you hear that. Hear that. He said, I've got a, a mute son. And many times I've had to endure and witness and watch my son be thrown down into a fire by this mute spirit and just terrorize my son. Jesus said, how long has it been going on? He said, since he was a child. And here we go. He said, I took him to your disciples. Nothing happened. This is what Jesus said in verse 19. He answered him, the man, and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Folks, you see, Jesus is really saying to me and you today that there's got to be a time when, and I'm not trying to badger or be negative toward the disciples. I wasn't there. I'm just reading the script. There has to be a time when you've got to realize you can't just take your problems to men. Jesus said, you took them to men. The men should have brought them to me or in my name. So bring him to me. There's got to be a time in our lives where we quit taking things to ourselves, man, or people. What do you think about this? I heard this in church, but what do you... Don't ask Facebook what they think about something, okay? Ask the Lord, God, what thy will be done, okay? Listen to me. He said, bring him to me. And then the Bible says in verse 23, Jesus said to him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thine unbelief. I'm telling you, there has to come a time when all of us, and I'm sorry for Kevin and Caleb and anybody else that's trying to keep up with me today, but listen to folks. There's got to be a time when you realize 
that you are not living at the belief level that you can. And you've got to realize that one of your greatest prayer requests in your life don't need to be focused on, I wish I could get a raise at, work, work, at church, or I wish this would happen to my this or that. One of your greatest prayer requests ought to be, Lord, I believe, but I don't believe like you told Jairus' Uh, situation. Lord, help my unbelief because you said all things are possible to them that believe. So I've got a belief situation and I need for you to help me with that, Lord. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you the offensive part I was referring to that you spoke with me and repeated was you had a mute spirit. Many times. Jesus address spirits. We have, I, I, I know, I, I, I've got a, a, a situation that I studied in psychology about a girl. I told you this a long time ago. Her parents about had ready to have her committed. She was drinking, I mean, she was a straight-A student. And all of a sudden, the light switch uh, went off, and she went to these, and she turned into a different person, they saw several different, this was a case study of a real person. They uh, took her several places, and right before they were going to have her committed, some doctor somewhere said, I need to run one more. Just It's a different test, but I want to run it. He ran the test. She was a 16-year-old girl, I think I said, and they found out that the young girl had all of a sudden had some kind of chemical reaction, chemical imbalance toward dairy products, and it made her almost go crazy. I can't explain that to you. They got her off of milk two weeks. She was back blowing tests and exams out of the water, the bright young lady she was. So I'm here to say, first of all, there's some real situations in this world. There's some mental health issues. There's some physical issues that go without saying. There's all those kinds of things inside of a human body. But I want to also say this. In the Bible, Jesus addressed a mute spirit. He addressed one time a deaf spirit, a dumb spirit. There was another time he addressed a lady that had a spirit Spirit of infirmity. She wasn't diagnosed with an L4 or an L2 or scoliosis. The Bible didn't say that. The Bible said she had a spirit of infirmity. Every, not almost, but every single time when Jesus dealt with the spirit, the physical problem was made whole. That's way too much for this label society we live in now. And I'm telling you, there's real legit situations out there. I'm not saying that. I've got direct family members that's in the profession. We don't deny that. But we also know who the prince of the power of the air is. We also know who's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And he works in every avenue where he can, and we cannot be oblivious to it when it comes to believing that God cannot deliver people and set the captive free even in 2022. 
You can't medicate everything in this world. How many of you have had back trouble before and you've taken all kind of back, you know, the sets and all those things, but you still, the best thing that come out of it was you got constipated. Your back still hurt. Can I, I'm not being funny. Can anybody identify with what I'm saying? It about killed me. So what are you trying to get to, preacher? I'm trying to tell you that there's a level of believing because Jesus lives in us. That if he lives in you now, there's a level of believing you can arrive at and you can pray and you can believe and God can move in a way that nobody can understand. And if you're one of those people who say, well, that just happened during the Bible days, that's because that's what the enemy has done. He's taken the seed that we pray over every week and he's stolen it out of your heart as soon as it goes forth. How damaging would it be for you to go around and lay your hands on somebody that's deaf or mute or blind or maimed or they're bound by alcohol or some other kind of addiction or how detrimental would that be to the kingdom of darkness that a blood-bought child of God that didn't have any better sense than to believe that all things are possible and you go and pray and that person's set free and they go to the doctor or to whoever the next day and they just scratch their head and can that must be a miracle I don't believe in God but it must be a miracle how many times have I heard that story and so folks I'm telling you today I feel a pushback for the, the whole thing, and I've tried to preface everything I'm saying, and I just want to say, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you need to receive what God says today. Just receive what God Quit trying to analyze the message every week and get offended, and just receive what God is saying to you right now. There's more to gain by receiving the Word of God than inspecting the Speaker of God and just saying, well, I don't think he should have said that. You need to get your mind out of the carnal gutter of this world and say, God, I believe, but help my unbelief today. I want to do what you left me here to do. I got to hurry. God, help me hurry. Lord, help me hurry. There's absolutely... Uh, safety in believing. Mark 9, 42 says, whoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. But the word must be the priority if we are going to believe. In Luke 8, verse 12, he said that those by the wayside, and you know this is part of our prayer, are they that hear... And then cometh, guess who? The devil, the enemy. And he takes away the word out of their hearts. Here's the key to that verse. Lest they should believe and be saved. That's why the devil don't want you to receive the word of God. He don't want you to receive sound doctrine. What are you doing? What are you talking about? What I'm preaching to you today is 100% sound doctrine. I'm telling you what Jesus did, what Jesus said, who Jesus is inside of you, and all you got to do is don't believe me, believe what he said, and I'm telling you, life will be different it will God help me this morning please Lord power comes from believing the name 
that's above every name. John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And then Paul said in the first chapter of Ephesians, verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. We've got to be, get our belief up off the table. We've got to know that God's not a man that he's going to say, well, I feel different now. You know, inflation's hit, gas is going up and everything. I don't know if I can afford to do all these miracles and stand by my word. He's not a man. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All he's looking for is that little old remnant on that very big road that's lonesome called the Belief Highway. He's just looking for somebody that's willing to throw it all in and say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Do what you want to do in the world around me. God will do what he said he can do. And then the work of God is centered around believing. You know, over in the sixth chapter of John, the 29th verse, Jesus answered and said unto them, he, he said this. He says, this is the work of God. Let me read it for you. This is the work of God that ye believe. This is the work of God that you believe on him who he has sent. And then over in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, 6th verse, but without faith, believing without faith, that's what it is. It's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Not the situation, not the dead girl upstairs. He is. You got to believe he is. Everybody say he is. He is. You must believe that he is and that it, check this out. Well, of all things, he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You seek him through your belief in him. Salvation is all about prophesying. I've already said the name and believing is Romans 10, 9, well quoted scripture that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. He shall be saved. And just like the girl upstairs, Lazarus, which is a sneak peek, Lazarus is one of our featured miracles in children's church to come later. John 11, that's all you're going to get today about that. John 11, Jesus told one of the sisters, of Lazarus that already knew all the funeral food was gone, the flowers were already wielding, a lot of the people that came to mourn done gone, a lot was still there. But this is what Jesus had to say about the situation. He said, now did I not tell you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. Didn't I tell you that? And then over the 11th chapter, he said, I know that thou hearest me always. He's talking to his father now. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. On the Lazarus story, do you know that Lazarus coming back to life was not 
so he could finish his bucket list because Jesus got to stay at his house free of charge with his sisters and have free bed and breakfast, free Airbnb back then? No. Do you know that the reason that all this happened, it wasn't about Lazarus at all. Lazarus was the one that Jesus, the situation that he decided to use to two things, to glorify God, first of all, and to increase the belief of everybody around. It wasn't really about Lazarus living a little bit longer at all. And that's what the focus probably was to everybody around. But Jesus said, you know, he's already in heaven. Why would I want to do that? There's only one justifiable reason to do that. So the Father can be glorified. You see, if we would turn our focus more on the Lord being glorified, more than us being satisfied, what would change? Everything would change. And that's what God wants to happen here today. He wants us to understand it's not too late to start believing with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then on uh, in John's Gospel, the sixth chapter, believing, and this is kind of where everybody needs to just really listen closer than you've been listening. Believing is narrowed down to two categories. Let, let, me, let me just show you this before I even read this. You know, this bottle of water right here is a regular bottle of water and if I tell you well, I just wanted to drink it. I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. Hold on. <clears throat> no, I just felt led to wait on that. John 6, 64, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not. That's category number two. And this is the rest of that category. Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not who would betray him. So there's two categories with the Lord. There's even that believing that he told Jairus, that believing that I've been talking about with the, with the mute son. There's that kind of believing category. And then there is another category called betray. Because he knew who wouldn't believe him and who would betray him. So see, you either, I don't want to say buy in, but you either believe in to what the Lord has said or in God's eyes, you, you, you're going to betray him. Because, see, giving me the, the wonderful privilege to believe him is a divine blessing from Almighty God to believe what God said I can believe. It's a divine blessing. God says, and when you don't believe, you betray. See, Judas, out of 12 people, he didn't believe. Because I don't know how many of you... Uh, 
uh, know this, but do you know the whole time Judas was with Jesus and the other 11? I'm talking about, and, and I, I'm off subject. No, I'm not. The whole time he was with Jesus and these men through the raising of the dead, the opening of blind eyes, through the funeral processions being stopped, the feeding of the thousands on more than one occasion. Do you know the whole time that was going on, he was interested in money and stealing money? I ain't never read that in the Bible. If you've read the Bible, you've read that in the Bible. You've read that. You've read that very thing in the Bible. Pay attention when you read the Bible, like you pay attention to your phone, okay? He said, Judas said, Could, couldn't this be, couldn't that oil, couldn't this be sold for money? And the Lord said he didn't care about the money. He didn't care about people that wasn't doing good. He cared about the money, in other words, is what I'm saying. He didn't care about worship or anything else. He just cared because he, he was in charge of the money. And so... That's all you have to look forward to when you don't believe the Lord. I'm going to betray him in something. I might deny him like Peter. I might do this, but I, I'm going to betray. So you got two categories because Jesus knows who's going to believe and who's going to betray. And Thomas said, well, you know what? Y'all can believe him if you want to, but I'm not going to believe him unless he lets me touch, unless he lets me see. And Jesus said, okay, Thomas, come on so you can believe. Come on and touch me. Come on and look. Come on and document. But Thomas, I'm going to go ahead and speak to people that's sitting in multitudes on the 16th of October, 2022. Blessed are you that haven't seen me, but you just choose to believe anyway. That's what he said about you here today in this church. That's what the Lord said. And in closing... Philip told the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, verse 37, Philip said, listen, all you got to do, all you have to do is just believe with all your heart. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And do you know revival came to his house? Do you know re revival came to his family? Every bit of that, it happened. And... This is where everybody here, if you don't remember another verse, can you write down Romans 3.3? 3? Can you just remember that? You need, to, you need to make sure this is part of your prayer life, your walk with God. Let me, let me tell you what it says. It says this, For what if some did not believe, Paul said, shall their unbelief Make the faith of God without effect, saying this, church, that even if some do not believe the way the Lord said to believe, then don't you let that affect you one bit at all. 
Don't let that have any bearing whatsoever on what God has promised you, what God has said to you. Don't you let the people that want to live down here, that want to blend in, that want to be non-offensive and politically correct, that want to do everything that the world is doing and saying, don't you let that get into your heart and into your spirit. Don't you let that unbelief affect your faith. You believe in God. Only believe. Only believe. And you watch what the Lord will do. Now, if you wholeheartedly believe, if you wholeheartedly believe, Peter said this about you. You might want this scripture, but you might can just remember the context of it, content of it. Unto you, therefore, 1 Peter 2, 7, which believe he is precious. I don't know of any other person in this building feels that way but I believe and Jesus is just not a religious figure to me Jesus is my Savior he's my Lord but I want to tell you just in plain English can I tell all of you in here he's precious to me I can't live a day without him I can't go an hour without just saying something to him I can't go very long without singing or worshiping to him. I can't go many, many hours without casting another care on him. Why? Because he's so precious to me. I can't get in a dilemma without going to him first. He's precious to me. Some people go to wine in the world. Some people go to drugs. Some people revert and go to uh, bad relationships, but that's what's precious to them. Some people go to social media. Some people go to a friend, but I got to go to Jesus because he's precious to me. I've believed in him to the point where he's become precious to me. It's like people that I heard in this last storm, they died because because they lost power, bless their heart, and they no longer could receive oxygen. He, I believed in him so much, he's become the air that I breathe. He's the oxygen that I depend on. He's precious to me. I believe in him for everything, not just the impossible, but what he's already made possible in my life. I just spent about four or five days with my family, my family, my daughter, my wife, my son-in-law, my two grandbabies, somebody said what did you get I said I got this right here God's been good to this man I believe what God says I have no reason to not believe God and what he said is possible I believe for your marriage I believe for your children to live right. I believe for a door to open on your job. I believe for the headaches to go away. I believe for your depression to be gone. I believe for your high blood pressure. I believe for your back to be healed. I believe for your mind to be healed. I believe for your mouth to be healed. I just believe. I believe it. I believe. And because I believe, the man that made belief possible is precious to me. Would you stand right now? If you read 1 Peter, you'll go on to read that some people just rejected him, even though he's that good. 
Let me show you how believing works. If you'll look at this bottle of water again, I can tell you this is, this is borderline corny, foolish. But the Lord said do it because when you don't believe him, only believe. He didn't mix it with memorizing eight books of the Bible. He says only believe. When you don't only believe, this is what it looks like. This is what you forfeit. The bottle of water. I can tell you, I'm going to pour, tip this bottle over, and the contents of it is going to go in this picture right here, this picture. And somebody can say, well, Opie, I, I enjoyed eating the soup last week and all that. I got offended a while ago when you talked about those different kinds of spirits. But I'm going to just be honest with you, man, man. I, I don't believe that. And you and I can choose if we want to choose like the, they did. I didn't read the last part of 1 Peter 2, 7. But we can, we can choose to reject the same stone that the builders have rejected. But it don't matter. If you believe in the Lord... It doesn't matter what you say or what you think. As sure as I tip this bottle of water over, gravity or whatever you want to call it is going to take place. You can deny it all day long, but it's not going to stop it from happening. You can have a room full of people in a crying situation, but I'm telling you that it's not going to change the outcome of what God said. Only believe, only believe. We've got to get to a place that where when we pray for people, we don't hope, we'll say, well, I'll just, I'll you know, have good vibes, I'll do all that trash. We've got to get to a place where we say, Lord, I don't care if I've prayed for his situation a thousand times today I believe Lord that you are God over everything and your word triumphs every situation I refuse to acknowledge his pain or his condition and I embrace what you've said in your word I believe I only believe I choose to address your situation when I lay my hands on your head only in belief I don't entertain what your last diagnosis was I choose to only believe and if you will only only believe today all things are possible the question is before we go home does anybody need to pray that prayer Lord I believe but would you help my unbelief today come with me if you will and we're gonna pray it together because you know what I want the Lord to do I want him to do exactly that because I believe it. Jesus said it. It's done. He breaks the unbreakable. He moves the unmovable.
to tell you the way this has to work today in order for it to work. I'm up here on the stage. I got a microphone that I'm about to mute. What everybody that honestly you mean that prayer, you got to get up there on that road I talked about by yourself right now. I know people are, no, you got to get past that. You've got to say, Lord, I believe, but Lord, I'm praying right now you would help my unbelief because there is a place, there is a level, there's an upstairs situation that you can get to and you can walk back down with life.
Before we close this broadcast, I just want to ask you if you've ever allowed the Lord Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. If you haven't, the Bible says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And today, Jesus Christ is standing there knocking at your heart's door. And if you will repent and surrender your life to him, the Bible says he's faithful and he will move in. He will give you eternal life. Write your name down in the Lamb's book of life. And soon, and what I believe is very soon, we will all meet him in the air when he calls his bride home. 
I want to pray for you that you would continue your walk in the Lord and any of you that may have a need and let you know that God loves you and He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could hope or ask. Dear Father, I pray for, Lord, our friends that have been with us today, that you would touch them. God, that you would move in their lives, Lord. Those that need healing, we believe you are Jehovah Rapha. You're able to heal. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're the God that provides. And Lord, we know that you are a faithful, just, holy, and righteous God. And Lord, I just pray protection over everyone that's listening. And I pray that people would know that in the name of Jesus, Lord, we have all victory. So God, be with the people. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.